Good evening, everyone. You are listening to The Leaves for a Victim Nevermore with Stephen Wilson. My name is Stephen Wilson. I am a drug addict in recovery, and I am a survivor of childhood sex abuse. This show is to help people identify, or people that do identify, as being a victim of anyone that has ever caused you any harm. I am active in Narcotics Anonymous, and I am in group therapy. This show is not going to follow the format of the first two, for those of you that have tuned in. I just got back from a NA meeting, and we had a speaker, and she shared her personal story. These things happen at every meeting. But the one thing that I found interesting about that is that she kept bringing up fear. And so tonight, I thought that it was fitting, as I always do, an introduction with Walt Whitman or Edgar Allan Poe or maybe even Emma Goldman. Tonight's topic is fear. And I am going to read Edgar Allan Poe, the beginning of the telltale heart. True, nervous, very, very dreadfully nervous I had been and am. But why will you say that I am mad? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken, and observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say how first the idea entered my brain, but once conceived, it haunted me day and night. Object there was none. Passion there was none. I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. For his gold I had no desire. I think it was his eye. Yes, it was this. One of his eyes resembled that of a vulture, a pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold, and so by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus rid myself of the eye forever. That was Edgar Allan Poe. That was the opening of the telltale heart. At tonight's meeting, the, the individual talked about fear. And as I was listening to her story, I went back into my own life and I thought about my life in academia when I was in school and college. I originally went into experimental psychology, experimental design, to try and understand how you become a pedophile. I wanted answers. I wanted to understand about the man that raped me, that abused me. But after about a year and a half, 
I went into the origins of experimental psychology. And in the beginning, experimental psychology went into the cause-effect relationship in the human condition for the things called pain and fear. I first went into pain. And it was a bit of a no-brainer. But the issue is, is that if a human is subject to pain on a regular basis, eventually we become numb. It is a defense mechanism, whether you like it or not. And becoming numb keeps us alive. But when I started looking at the results for fear, it was unfortunate because it was then and only then that I realized that not only are we physiologically a weak species, we cannot fly, we do not have claws, night vision, we're not going to evolve another thumb or a tail. Telepathy would be cool, but I don't see that happening. But it was about fear. Because there are many ways to die. There is only one way to live, and that is to live a life without fear. But how does one do that? And so when I started looking at all of the research, and I started looking at the things that had been discovered about the human, I began to realize that fear could not only be a death, but it could be a livable death. Now I know that may seem a bit of a paradox. To live is to die, and to die is to live. But the researchers that had followed had done the same thing, and the human appeared to be quite consistent. No matter what happened, no matter the, the origin, the cause-to-effect relationship to fear could manifest itself as a jail cell, a shackle. Fear could keep you in the box. Fear could keep you in the collar. Fear could keep you on the leash. Fear can keep you from doing anything that you want to do. It's not just about pie in the sky or going after your dreams. It's about leaving the house. It's about looking down from a window 80 stories up. Tonight, the individual at the meeting, she talked about fear and the many ways that it manifested in her life. And as I am not a big fan of use of, of universal theory, I believe that every one of us has the ability to conquer fear. Now I cannot tell you how to do this for yourself. I'm, there is no magic skittle. The alchemy necessary is beyond me or anyone else. I mean, it's not going to keep you from buying the latest self-help book or going to another convention. But every one of you has to deal with fear in their own way. And every time it manifests itself,
It kicks you out of a relationship. It keeps you in a relationship. You lose a job. It forces you to be evicted. The fear of not using drugs. The fear of getting clean. The fear of somebody in your life seeing you at a liquor store at two o'clock in the morning. The fear of somebody seeing you drink a six pack on your lunch break. Fear can manifest itself in any way, in any form, at any time. There is a plethora of empirical data to prove what I am saying. But more than anything, since I have been in recovery, since I have left the proverbial couch, I left Freud and, and, and therapy, individual therapy behind. I'm now dealing with people at every meeting that have had to deal with fear in their own way. And the thing that I have discovered is that everybody has to find that combination. They have to find their own recipe. And some people have got to fail at this several times before they figure it out. If you want to, you think of it like a maze, a labyrinth. It is a metaphor for life. You're going down a path. There is no visible obstruction. Things are going quite well, a left, a right, a left, another left, and then a long corridor. But then all of a sudden, you come up to something and it appears to be a wall. It looked clean. It looked like it was the way, but it was just a decoy. Do you have the ability to take steps back? Can you gestalt your point of view? Can you rise above the labyrinth and look at the walls? Can you fly? Can you cheat and still call yourself a victor? Every addict, every person that has been abused they have to cope with it in their own way. And here, for myself, by myself, I have to admit, this is one of the few times that I found myself listening to somebody's personal story and traveling back into time, into my own life. You see, I always thought that being smart was the only thing that I needed. I thought being smart was going to keep people from outflanking me. Living a double life, easy peasy, because everybody around me is a joke. They're idiots. I have no problem going from costume to costume. I had no reason to be afraid because you were never going to be a worthy opponent. The maze, the labyrinth of life doesn't scare me if I'm the one that built the labyrinth. Well, the metaphor for life, the labyrinth, the maze, 
It is a journey. And you are going to come to a fake wall. You are going to get to a place that is obstructed and you cannot go any further. Not that way. And you spent some energy, you spent some time, you thought that it, worth, it was going to be worthwhile, and it turned out to be total bullshit. You see, fear can manifest in itself in resentment and disappointment. All of those intangibles that we deem to be derogatory, the albatross around our neck, all of those things are fear. Making your way through the maze, making your way through that labyrinth in one singular shot, it is possible, but I do not believe that it is real. If you think that you're gonna get through life without shedding tears, without scarification, if you think that you're going to get through life without blood, then you are a fool. To go around and tell yourself that you are not afraid, that is the language game of a child. That is the language game of somebody that is delusional. Tonight's story, like many stories, guided us through the maze of fear. Every turn, every wall, every item that we found that we thought that it was clean, we thought that it was level, but that caused us to trip. We were on the ground. We fell flat on our face and we hope like hell nobody is looking, nobody's watching. But do you have the ability to get up? Can you trust fear? In trusting fear, then you start to understand that you can defeat it. There is no way for you to get around experimental design. The information, the empirical data, it is there. The human is a flawed species. None of us are above it. But tonight's story, there are things that we do to ourselves and on purpose, we want to feel that fear. It is not idle that I began this show with Edgar Allan Poe. He was a poet and a critic, but most of you only know of him because of his stories of horror, the detective mystery. but he talked about the human condition the way that it really is. When you stand at the precipice, will you take a step forward?
It is an unknown variable, and there is no map. You have no instinct. It is not really dogma. But do you have the faith? Do you believe in yourself enough to go into something that you know might hurt you? You take it on the chin. It drops you to the ground. But you stand up and you brush away the dust and the dirt. You wipe away the tears. But in the same way that you had the courage to go forward when you find out that you went the wrong way, do you have the courage to go back and keep going? Tonight's speaker, she had been clean. She is clean for over eight years. And that is amazing. Because there are so many of us that have never known that kind of clarity. But in her story, we know that it was not easy. The reason that she spoke today is because today was a bad day. Her personal life, her day at work. She wasn't even sure if she was going to show up. And she made it quite clear. I don't know if I can make it. There is tragedy in everybody's story. But if those feelings that we have, when we talk about the things that frighten us the most, well, I'm a little bit afraid of that, but I'm really scared of that. I don't ever want to go in that way again. Well, what if that's the way out? What if that's how you win? It is true that life could be easy peasy, easy money, easy road, easy life. But at the same time, there is no reason for it to be overtly difficult. You don't have to make it any more difficult than it already is. But for those of us that went into the world of drugs, for those of us that suffer from the disease of addiction, these hounds are on our heels every second of our life. And the trick is to discover that the hounds are going to leave the very moment that you stop running. You face the fear. If it knocks you down, you get your ass back up because that's what we do. We fight. Well, that's all I have for tonight. I'm going to take a bath with Dr. Teal and some Mozart.
for all of you out there that are willing to fight the fear. I am grateful. And I want you to know that I'm on your side. My name is Stephen Wilson, and you have been listening to The Leaves for a Victim Nevermore. Be a blessing, and may you find serenity. <laughs>